You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today is Seth Andrews. Seth is a client and friend. He's in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Seth. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. I woke the dog up behind. He's like, what's going on, man? That's a loud voice. That's that Oliver. He? He's Oliver. <laughs> he's always I like him here. already. Yeah. He and I are natural friends. Yeah. Oliver. <laughs> he's young and yeah, he's, he's uh, got a lot of great. stuff going on today. <laughs> I got him taking care of food. Uh, he's gone outside. He has some water. So he's good. <laughs> he's very cute. He looks like he's watching the show almost. So uh <laughs> Seth, tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing now, and then we're going to talk about your background because I think it's really interesting and fascinating, and I have a lot of respect for it. We have some things in common. So tell everybody about what you're doing right now. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I um, work for Amazon Web Services, uh, Big Tech, um, have spent my career in professional services roles doing consulting work at um, you know, large consultancies as well as uh, boutique cons consulting firms. Um, I provide supply chain expertise to um, customers in healthcare and life sciences. So it's a fun role. Um, being at AWS is, is even more fun and exciting because at Amazon and at AWS, we're actually um, just, um, we're on the bleeding edge of, of technology and we're helping shape many different industries and, um, and uh, you know, do a lot of a lot of cool things. So it's it's exciting to be um, on the edge of that, and uh, and on this uh, transformation from this industrial age to you know more of an information age. Um, and uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, some of the stuff that you shared with me when we first met, we we're discussing infinite banking. It was pretty kind of went over my head pretty quick, but I I still remember some of the stuff and I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing that that kind of stuff is coming down the road and, uh, and you know, in the near future, it's going to be some huge things coming and that's uh, got to be exciting to be part of it. And, yeah. you know, Seth, I always say our, our futures are always bigger than our past. And I'm writing a book right now. And the first chapter is a little bit about my past and how I got to, uh, you know, kind of how I started in life. And we, uh, we share one thing is that there's was a time in our lives where we were homeless. And so I, I describe that in detail. And I remember, you know, just talking to you a little bit about, you know, hey, how'd you get into tech? And where'd you go to school? And, and then we just kind of started the chat. So kind of, kind of start me from the beginning. And, and I remember that your mom was a pretty incredible, um, is a pretty incredible person. She's still with us, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, um, and that just just kind of tell us about your beginning. So I grew up in Georgia and um, uh, have three sisters uh, younger than me, one uh, one brother. 
and um, and around the age of um, you know thirteen, uh, uh, we were in a you know pretty unfortunate situation um, uh, where you know my dad had ended up leaving our, our family, and um, and it was just my mom and uh, brothers and sisters, and um, and at that point, uh, you know, he actually emptied out our four hundred one k savings, kind of took everything and he was gone. And so um, you just didn't see him. And I remember uh, coming back, um, you know, home with, with my mom one day and uh, our, there was a lock on our door. Um, and, and, you know, at that point we realized, um, okay, uh, we're, you know, getting evicted and um, my mom had nowhere to go, but, uh, you know, so we went to a, um, homeless shelter, uh, women's, uh, battered homeless shelter. Um, unfortunately, I grew up in an abusive relationship, um, you know, with my father. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we, we went to the shelter, we lived, um, you know, there for a couple of years, um, actually, uh, but, you know, throughout that time, um, continued to, to go to school, um, you know, get my education and, and so forth. But there were challenges with that um, from uh, uh, um, from being able to actually be in sports or go to the library and, and research um, or, you know, getting uh, access to the internet. Um, so uh, we had to be home at a, at, or at the shelter at a certain time um, in order to, you know, uh, stay within the rules. Uh, everyone had to be back, um, so to stay there. Uh, but, anyways, um, you know, we we lived there. Uh, we we lived in um, a big suburban for for a little while. Um, uh, that's uh, cramped quarters with few kids and <laughs> and uh, a little crazy. But um, uh, ended up losing our car um, at at you know one point. Um, we actually had some stuff in a storage unit. And uh, someone stole all of our uh, belongings in the in the storage unit. So we literally had nothing, no pictures, no memories, uh, nothing except what we had, which were some clothes um, at the homeless shelter. Um, but uh, throughout that experience, um, you know, one of the things that I, I talked to you about are the, the people that come into your life and help kind of make a difference um, while I was at the shelter. Um, there was a woman that worked there and her, her, um, husband, uh, and, you know, um, son, uh, her son actually became one of my best friends. She took me, you know, over, um, you know, met their family. Uh, and then I started working on a farm, um, that, uh, that, hit, uh, my friend's father actually, um, managed. And so I started to, you'll learn a lot of different skills there. Um, and maybe it was, you know, you know, labor skills. It could be, you know, changing tires, things that, you know, my dad, you know, did, didn't teach me or, um, you know, mowing lawns and just random stuff, but it, it made me kind of better or it built my work ethic, um, I would say, you know, there. Um, but I spent all my time there because I wanted to get away from the, um, the homeless shelter. Um, it's not a you know fun place to be, um, and, and so forth. Um, but you know, through that, uh, uh, you know, a couple couple of years later, um, my mom had worked with 
a few people to um, to try and get a uh, home through Habitat for Humanity. Um, we ended up in 2004 getting a home, um, which is not actually just given to you. Um, it, there is you know work that that you put into that, and um, you know what's what's given to you is the labor that is put into building the the home and the materials at cost. Um, but you still have to make payments to that home um, and uh, you know, continue to pay that. You could still lose the home um, if you don't make payments. Um, there is like a, a mortgage to that. So, um, but we did get a Habitat for Humanity home. We actually were um, uh, in, a, in the newspaper, a local newspaper. Um, people at school uh, never knew that I was homeless or uh, knew my situation. I was you know, fairly popular. Um, but, uh, you know, at that point they realized, um, they, the, the news got out. I didn't even know we were in the paper. Um, but the news got out and I had people, um, you know, kind of coming to me, asking me questions about this and like, uh, a little nervous kind of, um, so forth. But, um, another opportunity kind of came up, um, I wrestled in high school and, one of my good friend's moms came up to me to talk about the situation. And then she started um, another day. She, she came up and said, are you, are you taking the SAT? And I said, um, I don't really have any, any plans. I can't really get there. And then I, you know, I, I can't really afford it, um, you know, so forth. And she said, you know, that's no excuse. Um, you're going to spend the night with me. It was the last uh, uh, test that you could take before, um, you, uh, the, I guess year is over. So, uh, she, you know, took me in, uh, gave me a sleeping bag. We, you know, stayed overnight and then, or I stayed overnight. And then she took me and her son to take the SAT. Um, and I took the SAT. Um, I made the bare minimum on the SAT for, you know, a college that, um, I wanted to go to, I applied to one college, um, with like the minimum SAT score, uh, hoping to get in. I applied on the last day. And, you know, somehow I didn't really think I was going to, you know, go to college. And somehow I got into um, uh, Georgia Southern University. Um, and the reason I, I picked that school was because it was the most affordable one um, that, that I could think of to get the degree that I, I thought would be um, a good return on investment. And, um, and it was further away from kind of uh, where I was. I wanted something just completely different. Um, and so, you know, went to Georgia Southern and, um, and that was, uh, you know, where I, I started college and, um, it, you know, things started to change, but I knew nothing about loans. I knew nothing about like how I was going to pay for college actually, um, which that itself was, um, scary. I, I did have, uh, grants and, and whatnot. And my first year, you know, was good, but then, um, I, uh, I, I did need, you know, more money to survive and everything. I, I got a job. I was working, um, uh, Monday through Friday, 10 hour shifts, uh, night shifts. And, um, I think it was like, uh, uh, 10 to six, maybe, or 10 to 10 to eight, 10 to eight. Um, and then I worked 12 hour shifts on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, night shifts again. And, um, I would I'd go to work. I would, you know, uh, I would, I 
go home after, after that and I'm covered in just suck, um, you know, black dust from unloading these boxes out of a truck. And you only got paid by how many trucks you either unloaded or by how many boxes you put on the truck. So mm. you only got paid by how hard you worked. And it was grueling. And then I would go to school and I'd go to like uh, my statistics, my statistics um, class that, that I was taking. And, you know, half of the slot, the, the class, I, I would be like nodding off, like the professor, you know, noticed as well. Um, and when I had an exam, like I could hardly keep my eyes open um, because that was like an hour or two after, um, after I finished work. And then I got a little bit of a break and then I had the rest of my classes and then I would go um, back to work again. Um, it was just absolutely grueling. Um, but uh, a friend of mine, um, a really good friend of mine, still a great friend, you know, today had told me about a professor that I should connect with um, in the information systems department. He said, you know, he he's talking about like um, this uh, enterprise resource planning, ERP you know, solution, uh, SAP, uh, something that maybe you should look into and, you know, talk to them. And I actually, um, you know, took his advice and I just randomly went to the professor's, you know, door, knocked on his door. Um, he was the dean of the department and said, hey, a buddy of mine, you know, told me to maybe chat with you about, you know, this. And um, we chatted a little bit, but, you know, it was more about what am I doing? What are what are my career aspirations? Like, I really didn't have much of a idea of, of what that was, but I did tell him kind of you know, what I am doing today and it's tough. And at that point, you know, he gave me a choice. Um, he said, you know, look, I, I can give you, you know, a, a job here. You can, you know, be a tutor. Um, and uh, I think he gave me up to, you know, 20 hours a week. Um, so if you want to do that, you, you can do that. And, um, and then he told me about, uh, um, financial or about student loans um, and how, you know, this is something that I should maybe consider, um, but, you know, I can also work and, and um, to, to minimize the amount that I need to take out and everything. But I basically, um, I always look at debt and, you know, loans is something that's scary, um, just not knowing anything about it, um, uh, not really knowing, you know, anything about college either. Um, you know, none of that. So, uh, you know, I took his advice. I talked to a financial aid counselor. I, I took out a loan. Um, I started working for him. And I mean, I, it was a complete 180. Um, you know, I, I got to focus on school, um, my courses. I uh, was the top computer science grad in, in my department um, when I graduated. Um, I crushed my courses. I, um, I, uh, you know, I was also making, you know, not, a, not as much money as I was making in, uh, making from the warehouse job that I worked in, but, um, I was, I was able to, you know, not have to scrape up pennies to buy peanut butter and jelly to, you know, um, you know, live off of that. But, um, that was, you know, kind of the beginning of, of a shift in just my mindset. And I realized through a lot of this, um, that, Working at um, uh, in this warehouse, uh, you know, is something I never want to do again. I mean, um, awful, 
tough, tough work. Um, and, uh, you know, also, you know, working on the farm, it, it's hard manual labor. Um, and, uh, but I got a good work ethic out of, you know, all of these, but, you know, then seeing that, like, I could do pretty well and how much um, more value I was getting from tutoring and being able to also learn and study and learn things while I'm tutoring and, um, and focus on my education. That was just, um, it, 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 it changed a lot in, in my life. And then, you know, from there, I started, you know, figuring out like the most, or I found out like the most important thing, you know, for me is to be around the people that, um, I see that are successful and that I want to learn from, I guess. Um, uh, and it's tough to actually, um, uh, you know, get to that point where you can be a part of, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a circle, but be a part of like, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the person that you admire, um, uh, to, uh, to be able to give something to them as much as you're getting in return. Um, and it's different. And I, I found a few people that like I've done that with, and I continued to, to do that with, and, um, it's, you know, been a lot of fun, but, um, a lot there, but it's, uh, okay. you know, no, no, kind of I think I, I really, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to, to respond to one is adversity introduces a man to himself right? That's the quote. Now you can update it for today's world and say adversity introduces a person to themselves. And, 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 and it really does. But, you know, when I was 13, I swung a hammer in a casket factory. So I, I tell my uh, friends that I learned really early what I didn't want to do. Like I thought I couldn't do that the rest of my life. I could not mentally turn off my curiosity and my want, my desire to learn and everything else and just swing that hammer for eight hours a day. And then when I was in college, I worked at 24 hour Nautilus from 11 at night till seven in the morning. So now I was just sitting behind the counter and, and I'll be honest, sleeping when I could. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but it was still brutal because, you know, I, uh, I didn't excel like you did in school. So I was about half asleep most of my uh, college career. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when you're homeless, you wonder what are these other people that aren't homeless, what do they know, or how come they're lucky and I'm not, or, you know, what do they know or about money? And so then you're always curious about money and, and kind of leveling yeah. up or just kind of breaking away from that mindset. Cause you could just, the people that are in shelters that are homeless, that are in the inner city or poor, they have a mentality and they just accept that mentality. I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. You know, you, you, you do the best you can do, but to, to not accept that is really the, the, the decision to say, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to just be slotted here for the rest of my life. I gotta, I gotta do something else. And you said mindset and that's exactly that mindset, but in every case in your story, in your life, you took action, you know, yeah. like, uh, you, and, and there was, you know, I coached wrestling. I don't know if I talked to you, we talked about this oh, before, really? but I coached wrestling for 15 years. And so one of the things about wrestling is wrestling teaches you about yourself really quick. Yep. Right. And, 
And it teaches you about hard work because you got to be in better shape. You got to be, you can't be in bad position. You got to know, I mean, like you got to know what you're doing and it's, there's nobody to turn around and go, man, I hope that running back just takes off and runs for a touchdown. No, no, no. It's just, it's just you and the other guy. And some days you're going to be looking at the, 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 the ceiling of the gym and other days uh, he's going to be looking at the ceiling of the gym. And uh, uh, for anybody that's never wrestled, you don't want to ever be looking at the ceiling of the gym. You're done. Right. But uh, uh, the, uh, you know, so I I love all of that and your background and, um, and I love the success that you found and your curiosity that you're still having today and growing all of that. But what do you think, you know, I just said what I thought about, like, what, what made you break away from your circumstances? What was the one thing that you remember? Or it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be how many ever there are. Yeah. So I personally, I knew that if I was going to break away, I had to, um, I had to leave the environment that I was in. Um, and I had to like, that is, um, you know, it, really focusing on yourself versus, you know, everyone else. And that, that was kind of tough because, um, again, I was, I was the oldest in, um, in my family and with my dad, not there. Um, it was, it was challenging on my sisters. It was challenging on my mom. So, you know, people looked at me as like the father figure of the family and still do. Um, and, but, if I, if I remained in that situation or like in that town or that, um, that environment, um, I was never going to grow. And in order to grow, you have to build experiences. Um, uh, you know, in, in it, I'll, I'll say like when I went to college, that was, um, in South Georgia, it was, a um, you know, di- different, uh, you know, different people that, um, I, I experienced, um, I, I moved from, you know, South Georgia to Chicago, um, and Chicago, like it opened my mind to just, um, you know, a diverse set of people. And I, I knew nothing about the Midwest. I knew nothing about the big 10, uh, colleges out there. Um, I, I hadn't heard of university of Michigan, um, but some of my best friends I, I made while I was in Chicago went to university of Michigan. And, um, and I remember uh, my, my first flight, my first flight was to an interview for the job that um, I was, I was hired for. Uh, so like there were just, you know, so many things that um, I wanted, I, you know, personally had to push myself to, um, uh, uh, to, you know, find those experiences or, you know, take on those experiences and, and, and just change. Um, whereas, you know, I, I look at, you know, my sisters today, they still haven't left the, the city that they grew up in and, um, they're in, you know, challenging situations. Um, and then, uh, you know, but if I look at my brother, my brother has, and, you know, he, he pushed himself into the military, um, which gave him leadership skills and direction. And from there, he's gone to, um, he's, uh, gone, he went to Kennesaw state university, graduated there. Um, he has a six figure job now. Um, he is now getting his MBA while working a full-time job and he's, uh, doing a, uh, he's in a research program. Um, 
and uh, paying for his school through the research program that, that he's a part of. And he's got side businesses that, uh, you know, awesome. he's, he's doing side hustles as well. So, um, and I think uh, for him, it was kind of the same thing. He had to move out of the city that he was in and he actually went to the military. So that got him out of that environment and around people that can be role models for him. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, um, in, in role models uh, and um, in, in mentorship and whether the person on the other side realizes that they're a mentor or role model, um, they may not. Uh, I've had you know, plenty of role models that don't know that they're role models um, yeah. unless I tell them or told them. Um, yeah. and they could be older or younger, but when, I, when I'm around them and I look at them, I see traits that I try to absorb. I look at kind of what they do and you know, try to you know, take that as something that I implement in my life. And, um, uh, but you know, that's, that's probably the, the big thing that um, is a differentiator between uh, you know, those that you know, get out of those situations and, and those that don't. Um, and you know, like I said, I, um, you know, I still see it to this day. And some of that's like the, the risk piece, you know, taking on risk, not being afraid that, um, you know, the, of the risk of, you know, failing. And um, I know that that's, uh, you know, something that's challenging for uh, some in my family as well. So when you, you, when you don't have a lot to lose, you try things because what's, you know, there's not a lot to lose, you know, and, exactly. uh, uh, you know, I, I always uh, love that Robert Kiyosaki says uh, A students end up working for C students because C students are used to failing and they just they 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 just keep trying the a student goes into the fetal position when they fail what do you mean i failed you know and then they're done well i'm not gonna do that again uh because they're used to succeeding and um you know sometimes leaving is leading you know and uh i grew up in la if i wouldn't have left la i would i don't know what i would be today but i left la and went to missouri that i had no idea anything about the Midwest, just like you know, I was in Missouri, you were in Chicago, different, different environments, but still it was totally out of my comfort zone and not in the big city and anything else. But, you know, um, what you learn is that you could, I know that that you could be plopped down in any city in any small town anywhere, and you'd, you'd figure it out, you know, and I always said that about, um, I feel like that, that if somebody says, hey, I'm going to move you to uh, Rhode Island tomorrow or New Hampshire tomorrow, I'll figure it out. I'm not afraid of going to those places, right? Or or yeah. maybe it's uh, uh, across uh, seas, you know, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter. But, you know, that decision to lead and not stay and compromise everything, you know, I mean, that that's, that's hard. But also, you know, um, leadership is hard doing the right thing. Yeah. And sometimes I think if you don't have that strong father figure or mother figure, I mean, I know you had a strong mother figure, but, um, or even if your mom didn't really know what to do, so she wasn't a role model in that way. I think sometimes that gives us freedom because I was the same way to choose our role models and our mentors. And it's not like we're feel like, okay, we got to watch and see what our dad did or our mom did, because we know that's not the, that's the path. 
if your dad's a doctor and you think, okay, well, I got to be a doctor. I got to, I mean, I kind of feel bad for those people that they feel like they're obligated to do that because I got to choose my role models. I got to choose my mentors. I got, I didn't have emotional attachments to them. And so if they failed me, I just found a different one, you know? And, and so maybe it's, it's our superpower, Seth, that, that we didn't have that. And I always try to turn everything that happens to you into a, um, uh, positive, and this is the theme uh, in the book that I'm writing, but your scars are how we recognize you, right? We know Seth Andrews because of the story you just told and the scars that that story um, created, but your scars are your superpowers because society puts chains on us to weigh us down regardless of what it is. Hey, you're a C student or you're poor or you're rich. What, I mean, they're all chains. So when you break a chain, it leaves a scar. But then we we recognize each other as, as scars. And, and the, the greatest example of that is, is Jesus and Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas says, unless I can put my finger in the hole where the nails were, I'm not going to believe it's Jesus. Now, and in my belief system, I believe Jesus is God. So he could have healed those holes. Okay. But he didn't, he healed a lot of other people, but he didn't heal those holes because that's how we recognize. That's how we knew it was him. So I love your story because that's how we recognize who Seth Andrews is. So I know your future is bigger than your past and you're going to do something really cool in the future. And I, one, want to just thank you for sharing that story. And I know it's not easy. Um, again, writing this book, I'm like, I'm writing a book. I don't want anybody to read, you know, like, you know, and I it's know, funny. you know what I this mean. This is right? actually, this is a, I probably could count on one hand the number of people I've, you know, actually told any of my story to my, my wife, um, one of our really good friends, um, one of my you know best friends that you talked about earlier, um, you know, and uh, maybe one or two others, but it, it's interesting. Um, it, it's definitely something that's tough to talk about. Um, but but you're exactly right. Those scars um, uh, make you who you are today. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's also kind of building um, and, and will shape who my children become, you know, I, I believe as well, um, both my boys and um, as well as, you know, my, my hope and desires that I'll be able to, to provide, um, you know, mentorship, or be a role model in the way that um, I, you know, really need it growing up as well for others. You know, that's my big pursuit in life. Um, you know, for, for my boys and and you know for others that are you know trying that are driven and they have the ability, um, but they need you know some direction to get there. Um, I think there's a lot of those out there. So yeah, you know, I mean that. Uh again, I coached baseball, football and wrestling and wrestling is by far the best because the parents aren't really involved. I mean, you don't don't get to say, hey, Bobby's better than Johnny. Um, Well, okay, okay, hold on just a second. Come on over here, boys. Let's see if if that's what mom thinks. Let's see if that's true. But, uh, uh, you know, when you when you see kids that that have potential, but they just don't have the confidence, confidence is a skill set. You 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 get confidence by preparation. You know, if you go to wrestling practice, but then you then but then you go to another practice on Friday nights that are all the best wrestlers in your area. Yeah. Yeah. And then you 
And and when wrestling practice is over, you 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 know you run bleachers or something. You do just do more than everybody else. That gives you confidence that I'm better than they are, even if I'm not as talented because I'm not going to get as tired as they are. I mean, I used to play football at like 219, and I'd wrestle 189. And yeah. you know, when at 189, I was stronger than most of the 189 guys because I had just dropped all this weight, right? And uh, and when I didn't make weight, my coach would uh, punish me. He'd make me wrestle heavyweight. So I wouldn't go. Oh yeah. I, I've definitely had that. And, um, I, I also, you know, I spend all this time losing weight. Um, I was, I would wrestle 119. Um, and they would, you know, bump me up to 135. and I'm like, Oh man, kill me here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, that was, you know, a, another good outlet, you know, for myself. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, really good, but yeah, you have to have, sometimes you have to have an outlet for that anger too, that you, that you feel when you're a kid for your circumstances, that is a, that's healthy and legal is the way that I put it, you know, football, you can knock the crap out of somebody wrestling. You can, uh, you can, you can, uh, instill some punishment, oh, uh, yeah. and, and it's legal, you know, and actually people <laughs> will cheer for you to do it. So I, uh, I definitely had my share of um i got out my my anger for sure especially in matches i i know i remember uh one in particular where um i busted the guy's nose um like two or three times just kind of coming up the way that it's coming up yeah. his mom was just so <laughs> so livid and then uh yeah um uh, the whole thing didn't really end well but it was um but we used to tell kids, um, be nice off the mat. Don't be nice on the mat. And if, and sometimes the, that outlet having that, they were the nicest kids off the mat, but they were killers on the mat, man. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember a couple of kids that went on to do like, uh, uh, UFC stuff that I thought, yeah, I always knew that kid was just a little bit crazy, you know, <laughs> you know but, uh, yeah. uh, anyway, well, hey, uh, I could talk to you all day about this, and maybe we'll have you come back on and 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 talk some more. Um, but uh, uh, my producers tell me I got to keep it within a certain uh, time frame, and I have no idea how long we've been talking. So, but I like to ask you a question. I'm really curious to this answer, and I ask all of the, the guests on the show: If God came down from heaven and allowed you to only retain the knowledge of one book that you've read. So you can only retain knowledge from one book that you've read, what you learned in that book, what would it be? What would the book be? Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about this question. Um, I, I don't know if, uh, you will have read this book or not, but, um, uh, you know, first I want to say that, uh, you had on Hayden Crabtree, uh, uh recently, yep. um, after I listened to the podcast, um, I got his first book, skip the flip, um, and phenomenal um just great uh you know learnings from that and then i'm about two-thirds through the second one uh just a, a really good book i'm probably going to listen to both of them again um and and take you know notes um and then uh second chance is something that you recommended you know recently um on one of the podcasts as well so you know something i'd recommend but the the one book that um uh i thought you know, helped me a lot was, um, the, the algebra of happiness by Scott Galloway. He's a professor at NYU. Yeah. And, um, it, I, I found it interesting because it's something that I would, I wish I would have read when I was younger. 
Um, it really gives you insights into um, uh, maybe more than just happiness, how, how, like, how people actually start their career and, and make money. Um, you know, what, what, in his opinion, is most important to achieve um, you know, financial stability, you know, happiness, um, uh, all of that. And, uh, some of it is, um, you know, some people wouldn't agree with, and, um, you know, some of that is, uh, you know, working hard when you're young. Um, some people, uh, uh, pull long hours when they're, when they start their careers so that they don't have to work as hard when they're older. Um, yeah. and there's a balance in your relationships in your career. Um, and that, that can be a little challenging, but, um, you may have to focus um, more on your career earlier in life so that you can have a little bit more balance when you have a family and when you, when you get older. Um, also moving to uh, the, the right zip code uh, is you know, something that's important. You wanna be surrounded by people that are also driven and have kind of the same mindset and mentality. And that I know helped me when I moved to Chicago as around the type of people that I wanted to be around and that I wanted to grow to, to be like. And I actually, I've always, I've always gravitate, gravitated to people that are older to me, uh, than me because um, I, I think it's because of that, you know, maybe mentorship. And I'm always kind of learning from, from those uh, individuals that have already experienced um, certain things. Um, it talks about, <laughs> this is also debatable. Don't follow your passion. The only people that talk about um, their passion are billionaires that have already kind of made it and, and they say kind of follow your passion. Sometimes you have to, um, uh, uh, you know, figure out what, um, what it is that's going to maybe make you money, even though your passion is, um, uh, you know, acting or, um, you know, drawing or, or whatever that may not be, you know, the, the best pursuit for your time. Um, and then, uh, and, you know, he also says it's all about relationships. So, um, and it's something that I haven't done a great enough job in uh, my past and in, um, in building my relationships or uh, keeping my relationships um, in, in check. Um, but your relationships, I know is probably the most important thing um, uh, for your career and for for happiness in, in your life, especially as you get to an older age, um, you know, making sure to uh, be grateful for the things that people have done um, and, and so forth. So I just, I, I really enjoy that book. And if you don't have time to read the book, he has a 30 minute lecture that really um, uh, hits home. He puts his own you know, little spin on it and um, it, it's really good. So We'll put the name, uh, we'll put the book in the show notes. We'll also put the link to the 30 minute uh, video. Um, you know, something that you you said there, you know, I live in Florida, so I live with a lot of older people, right? And uh, I'm a young guy down here at 56. So, um, uh, but you learn a lot from these guys. And, uh, you know, I give them a hard time that they were previously important people and, you know, <laughs> call them pips and <laughs> they 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 all have a story of success in to some level and on some of them a very high level and um and in I love to hear their stories you know of how they started yeah. and how they got you know how they took off and and I learned from them you know different different things and um so 
I think that's smart. And you know what? One of the th- somebody told me a long time ago: if your definition of happiness is to be a billionaire and to be married to a supermodel and to uh, you know have abs at fifty six, then you know what? You you might not be happy, right? Yeah. But if your definition of happiness is to wake up tomorrow, guess what? Probably got a pretty good chance, right? Yeah. And 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 my best definition of happiness is making progress. If I'm making progress and I feel like I'm getting better, then I'm happy. If I yeah. feel like for whatever reason, something's in my head or I get injured or something where I'm not making progress, then I'm not very happy. Yeah. So, I, you know, uh, Seth, I totally love everything that you said. Love that you sh- shared the story. Feel honored that you were, that you did that with, uh, on our show with uh, um, not telling a lot of people your story. It's very uh, uh, courageous. And so thank you. Thank you very, very much. And we're going to end this show like we always do with the um, incredible words of Earl Nightingale, which falls right in line with everything Seth said. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.